This is the Book More Jewish Weddings with Pat Blackwell podcast. Hello there. I'm your host, Pat Blackwell. As a Catholic farm girl in Minnesota, I certainly never expected to ever be the Jewish party maven. But 4,400 parties and 26 years later, I am indeed an expert at Jewish parties. I am fiercely committed to helping the best vendors book more parties in this amazing, lucrative, and incredibly loyal Jewish party market. Let's go! Today, I have the great pleasure of talking with Evis McCauley, the founder of VZ Productions. Evis has grown his company, VZ Productions, into a thriving photography and cinema business that usually captures around 150 weddings of all cultures each year. When I asked Evis how he learned about Jewish weddings, he said, this is not something you can learn on wedding day. You don't get a do-over. He does lots of research, but he spent a whole year shadowing other photographers so that he could learn the traditions so important to Jewish celebrations. So let's get right into this week's episode, talking with Evis McCauley. Hello there, Evis. How are you? Hey, good, Pat. How are you? I am doing terrific, and I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today. You have done a whole bunch of crazy things, but our audience doesn't know you. So can you tell us a little bit about you and your background? Yes. So my name is Evis McCauley. I'm the owner of VC Productions. Um, we launched our business. Hold up, in- hold up. VC? VC. V-I-S-I. V-C. Okay. A lot of people say VC, um, but it's actually VC. So that's kind of like my childhood name or nickname, I should say. Um, I was born and raised in Albania. I moved in the United States in 2000 and have been here since. So pretty, pretty much half of my life. But so my name is Evis, E-V-I-S, and then my nickname is VC. So that's how VC Productions came about. So I did not know this. Yeah. Well, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I moved here in 2000 and I launched VC Productions uh, in 2008. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing wedding photography and cinema since then. So photography and videography. Yep. But you call it cinema. Cinema. We call it cinema because, well, I was I was in the in the video um, phase of it, I should say, when when we started doing video. Um, you know, before I jumped to own my own company, I worked for other companies as well. So we had this like tiny cameras, and everything looked just like any uncle at a wedding would take videos. So it looked very videoish. But I think when the breakthrough came and why we called it cinema is when um, the DSLR cameras. Um, came through with their video capabilities in there. So that changed the whole ballgame where now we have Super 35 sensors that look just like a movie. You know, you're able to isolate your background or your foreground. So you are telling the story with your camera. Back in the day, you had a video camera where everything was super sharp and you really couldn't focus on telling the story the way you wanted to because your eyes would go everywhere. But now the reason we call it cinema, well, A, is the storytelling with audio and good visuals. And B, it's this high quality cameras that you're able to tell the story. So that's why we call it cinema. Cool, that works. <laughs> so how many are on your crew? So we have 12 people on the crew right as of right now. Mm-hmm. That includes editors, um, photographers, cinematographers, and uh, freelance editors as well. So can you tell us how you went from being just Evis to being not a solopreneur, but this whole big, very successful company? Yeah, good question. So I think I think there is um, there's benefits and there is drawbacks to doing both because I was <laughs> I was that person. I was a solopreneur at one point, and 
I made that decision of, I want to be able to hire more people. I want to be able to, to have a bigger team because I think the, the hardest thing for all of us and including yourself, I think, is that when the brides or the, the couples call us and they were like, we're so sorry, we're booked for your wedding day. That kind of hurts. We don't, we don't want that business to let go because they come to us and they say, we love your work. We really want you to be a part of my wedding day. And next thing you know, we're telling them no. So, so the, the great benefit of that is you are taking on more work than as a one man show or one, one person in your, in your business. But yes, there is a lot more work and there is a, there's a lot more responsibilities involved. And, and also you have to make sure that your crew is trained to the level of your company. So that takes an immense amount of work. So that's that's not a drawback, but it's it's more work than you have to do versus you being just the, the solo person that mm-hmm. the couple knows and they know you're gonna show up. But when you send another team and you promise them to that they will do the same work as you do, that takes a whole re- another responsibility on having to make sure that your team represents you as your company. So it's, I guess everyone can, picks what they, where they want to be in, in their stage of their business. For myself, it was, I made that decision of, I want to be able to book more weddings. I want to be able to hire more talent. I want to be able to hire local talent that I'm able to give them a job. But at the same time, they're, they're helping us with the image of the company and they're, we're not telling our, our couples no anymore. <laughs> I, just like you, I don't like to say no. I like yeah. to start with a yes answer and figure out a way to make it work. But having trained people is huge. And Absolutely. I spend an immense amount of time training people. And once I get them, I want to keep them. And so I want to take very good care of Absolutely. them. And, and you know it. But Absolutely. So tell me about this background in Albania. How did you get into the Jewish yeah. market? <laughs> so um, I, I was born and raised in Albania. I Like I said, I moved here in 2000. Um, I, I think being, being that I came from a, such a strong culture of community and and having so many traditions in our weddings because we used to have you know three-day weddings back back home so we, there was a ton of tradition involved a lot of crazy traditions that we we had to go through those three three days so coming to a, a market like the jewish weddings or like the albanian weddings or the, you know the chaldean lebanese um you, you, you name it. These are all, you know, the, the cultures that have a lot of tradition in it, a lot of uh, um, cultural traditions that, that you have to be aware. Mm-hmm. And coming from that, you know, from that culture, it made it easier on me to be able to transition into the Jewish weddings. But also at the same time, it's not, it's not just the background that I have. It's, it's about asking the right questions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not stepping in anybody's toes and making sure that you know, you, you are respecting their tra- tra- traditions because I can't tell you how many times, you know, again, when we started, you know, with the, you know, with the Chaldean weddings, the Jewish weddings, with even Albanian weddings, but I had no idea some new traditions that I've never heard of. So I think the key, the success to any, you know, cultural weddings that you're going to be in is to ask the right questions and also to find a course like Jewish Maven course to learn oh, I love that. <laughs> from you. <laughs> so instead of having to make those mistakes or, or having to ask so many questions that you can bother people, you get to learn another way, you know, which would be through a course or through just, just hang, just, you know, going to a wedding and, and shadowing with someone that's more experienced on those, you know, types of weddings. And I know that's hard too. And 
I learned this whole Jewish world too. You know, I'm a Catholic girl from Minnesota. That's a whole different story. My family doesn't have any idea what I do and they don't understand a bit of it. And it's kind of fun. But anyway, I know how important it is to understand these traditions. And that's why we started the Jewish Party Maven. And Mm -hmm. so we have a couple of different things going on. We're offering an online basics class where you can learn a bunch of vocabulary, but then we're also offering weekly coaching. And so I hope to get people like you. I know you understand this, but your team- Not everything. I still have stuff to learn. There's so many- so do I. <laughs> especially like the, the Orthodox Jewish weddings. There were so many new things that I was like, whoa, you know, these are the things okay. that you can't learn on the wedding day because exactly. by that time you're done. Like you already missed that moment, you know? You don't get a redo. You no. better know this the no. first time. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm still learning things. I worked a wedding this past weekend and I learned something new and changed <laughs> I'm some things lucky around. to work alongside you. So you know these traditions and you helped us, you know. So that was that was huge, you know, especially having to work with you with the red coats and, and you yourself, you know, just just to learn all the new things. And you know how many questions I've asked, you know, in the past where like what's happening, you know, what's going on. And I love we, it. <laughs> we need to know. Okay. <laughs> so, absolutely. So, if you had a couple of words to describe the secret to your success. You know, I, I, I don't have like a business background like most of the people that get in the business do, but I look at it this way. Um, I started in this business without, without thinking much, but just putting my heart and my passion to what I want to do and just, just let it all happen. You know, like you, you have to be in love with the, you know, with the game, you have to love what you do. And that takes you to the next level of success year, every year. It wasn't something that, that I set as a goal that I'm going to be, you know, making this much money or having this much success in my life from 2008 till now, you just do the work and then it all comes to you. I think that's, that's part of our, our success. You don't think about how, how can I get a, a, a medal, you know, for what I'm doing. You just do it. I remember a conversation with you a couple of years back where somebody was breaking off on their own and you said to me, you know, the dream is free. Yeah. And you are the master of the hustle. So, <laughs> you just got to, you just got to hustle. Absolutely. How have you got through COVID? Um, that's a good question. So Luckily for us, we've had we've had a numerous couples that um, actually got married during 2020. So in an average, you know, we would do anywhere from 100 to 150 weddings tops uh, a year. But 2020, we ended up doing like 25, which wasn't bad. We still got couples that were married. So I think that was number one, um, having to work, you know, with with them as far as like finding solutions and downsizing their wedding. Um, and having to find solutions, how do we do this safely? So if you look at, if you look at some of the, you know, the photos or the, you know, the wedding reels that we put up there, these are 10 people weddings and they don't look any different than any of the other weddings we've done in the past with 300 to 400 people weddings. So to have that understanding and to be able to, um, to, to work with, with our couples, that was, that was huge. So another, another way that we were able to to go through this this pandemic or how everybody was financially um, hit by, um, we explored other options and, and not in a way explored, but we actually 
dedicated more time to the things that we didn't have time to do when we were so busy with weddings. Mm -hmm. So this this year or 2020 and a little bit of this year as well, and you probably have seen our like backdrops and everything in our studio, we focused more on like mini sessions and lifestyle sessions and any of the, the couples that, that we've shot weddings in the past, they, they would contact us and they're like, oh, we didn't know you guys did family photos. We've always done them. It's just that we didn't have that much time to focus on them as much as we do now because of the weddings, you know, are you know time consuming and but you know that yeah limited now so so we're focusing more on like the mini session lifestyles and like the smaller stuff so that has kept us busy and also the weddings as well so you know 2021 we're just hoping that things go back to somewhat normal i know you have a really awesome office you also have a co-working space right we do yeah yeah absolutely tell me tell me so <laughs> It's a long story, but I'll try to I'll try to make it short. I think I've told you this, and you know we've, we've talked about it in, in the past. But the, for the audience, for the people that are watching or listening this to this podcast, um, so my my problem, I should say, for lack of a better word, was that I always had a hard time um, finding a good spot to meet people. You know, um, you know, starting in two thousand and eight, I didn't have an office. I just had my first floor of my house. I met people there, great, but there was people who wanted to meet somewhere else rather than just at my house. And um, I always looked for a place that I wanted to meet with them and, and be able to interact and having to be me. So coffee shops weren't, weren't doing great. You know, I mean, we would sit there and it was either too cold or too noisy or too hot, or, you know, you would not find enough chairs. So I, I'm, I was always thinking if I could only find a place that's going to allow me to have this amazing conference room, but not like your typical, you know, office boring type of setting where you have a, a table and four, four chairs, a table and six chairs. So I looked a lot, I, I, I watched so many, not a watch, but I researched so much online and trying to find a cool space that would cater to what, what I wanted. I did not find that. So two years ago, we, we got our studio in downtown Farmington and I realized right away that there was a ton of space for us. We didn't need all this space. So we launched, you know, Farmington Cowork and we had about a thousand square foot of that. And I turned that into a, um, just an amazing co-working space for, for a conference room that people can come and meet without having to have anyone around them and for a super affordable price. So that was my pain in a way that I was able to solve for other people and people loved it. You know, people loved it so much that we, we got so many people interested on that side. So we had to open up the other side, which we call it the signature. So now we have a social and the signature and we still, still also have a ton of uh, room for us to be able to edit and, and keep our equipment and everything else as far as like the, the size of the building. So now we have the social and the signature inside the Farmington co-work, but also what became interested um, during COVID, a lot of small events, like small parties, dinner parties, birthday parties, any, any type of small events within 20 or 30 people, given on the restrictions that were during COVID, sometimes even 10, and that's the restriction right now, it's 10 people. So we, we got a lot of interest from people that wanted to have these small dinner events, or small parties that they could not host at their house because it wasn't big enough. So we, we saw an opportunity for us to be able to help this people now who wanted to throw a small event or a dinner party. So since then, we've been, we've been having a lot of um, 10 people dinner parties that come here and we have farm tables, shavari chairs, 
all these cool things to, to make the party look amazing. Well, pivot is the word of the year. And <laughs> that's been an amazing pivot for you. Good for you. Yeah. And yeah. So again, it's the hustle. The hustle. So, all right. You have this space. How do you get the word out? How do yeah. you advertise? You know, it's just, a whole just, different game. Absolutely. Well, cool. So tell me if you had to talk to somebody or mentor somebody and they said, I want to be a Jewish wedding photographer or videographer. Is there some one piece of advice you would give to them? Well, like, like I've said in the beginning, um, and you mentioned as well, you just gotta, just gotta hustle. You have to, you have to understand the culture and be respectful. My advice would be shadow with someone who is in the business who does a lot of, you know, cultural weddings. We're not separating just the Jewish market, you know, but any type of, like I said, we do, you know, because my, our, my background myself and then the entire team now, it's kind of training to this, you know, cultural wedding. So it would be, you know, the Caribbean, Lebanese, Albanian, Greek, Jewish, American, you name it, you know? So it's, it's that background that, that has helped me coach everyone. And I think the best advice for someone would be to just shadow someone and kind of see what happens in these big Jewish weddings or, or you know, big ethnic culture, whatever type of weddings you, you would do. And this was my starting in the, the business. This is how I started. You know, I, I offered myself to go for free for a whole year. So any, anyone and everyone that wanted me to, to go, I would just grab my camera. I would go film for them just to learn the business and to see how things work in a wedding day. You don't just, you know, pick up a camera and then promise someone that I'm going to shoot your wedding when that only happens once. Absolutely. Right. And that's for, you know, you know, this would be an advice for someone that's, that's starting out, but this, but you, your question was more towards how do you break into the Jewish market type type of uh, question, right? So for someone who's been doing this and they've been doing different kinds of weddings, they love the idea of having to go into a Jewish wedding. Great. Again, go with someone who's, who's done these in the past, or you get the, the course. And then it makes things easier. <laughs> I have to plug that in, right? <laughs> hey, absolutely. Thank you for that. I appreciate your endorsement. Of course, of course. All right. Well, tell me about general business things. Do you have books that you like? Is there a favorite book you think everybody should be reading? So I am the type of guy who doesn't read books. I like audiobooks. Uh-huh. Okay. Mostly, mostly podcasts. So mm-hmm. there is What's a... Favorite podcast? So there's two people that I listen to. And... Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk is one of them. Sure. Um, he's uh, his podcast I listen right now. It's it's called the Audio Experience, and also Simon Sinek, um, Leading with Purpose. So okay. they're they're both basically you know Gary V talks about the hustle, and I love his story of his life where he documented everything from day one all the way to being a super successful entrepreneur. Um, multi-million dollar, you know, re- revenue from a guy that came in from overseas who came in from a poor family. So I kind of like relate to his story. And that has been a huge mentorship for me just to listen to his story and to, to just take whatever you, you can out of someone's life or someone that has had the same um, stepping stones as you, as you do, but smaller, obviously, you know, like he's, and he always says the same thing as I mentioned, you know, where you don't think about where you want to be in 10 years, you just work hard and you hustle. And then that can, that will take you to where you have dreamed about, even though you didn't 
write it in paper. You didn't have this like goal written down. I'm laughing because back on the farm, we have a saying that says, some people learn when you tell them, some people learn by reading, other people have to pee on the electric fence all by themselves. <laughs> and I love that you take other people's knowledge and learn from that. And that's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a couple of podcasts that you like, but you listen to audiobooks. Yes. What's um, on your radar there that somebody has to listen to? The one that changed my life, it was, uh, which one was it? Let me just double check to make sure. Um, it was by Dale, Dale Carnegie. Um, how to, how, how to win friends and influence people. Oh yes. Absolutely. That was that was a really good podcast. I mean, uh, audiobook that I've listened to. I think everyone in the world should listen to that. It's it's super mm -hmm. basic human um, interaction and something that it makes you a better person. Yep. It doesn't matter if you're in a business or not. It just makes you a better person. It makes you just just understand and get into your your consciousness about the things that you've done in the past, where you can say, okay, I remember this. I did this. I'm going to fix this. You know, it just makes you an overall a, be a better person. Interesting. Yeah. I have not read that. I've heard about it a thousand times, <laughs> but I have not read it and I need to put it on my list. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many books. It's it's crazy. But like I said, I'm not really the, the reading type of guy. I just drive a lot. So I love to listen to audiobooks. Mm -hmm. I listen to audiobooks as well. And recently I listened to Traction and I thought that was a really powerful I heard book. About that too. I got to put that. The Law of Attraction or the Attraction? Traction, T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N. It's a Detroit-based book, and it's just about getting the right people in the right places and getting the, the blocks out of the way, and, and it was great. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. a lot of information out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up, but is there anything else you would like to promote? Anything we got to know? Something new you're doing? Um. Not really. I mean, at the moment, like I said, we're focusing more on uh, um, smaller sessions. So we're really hoping that 2021, we're going to start going back into our wedding routine because we can't wait. It's been so long and it's just, uh, I, I really wish that, you know, things go back to normal and everyone is safe and healthy. And, and 2021 is the, 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 what we thought 2020 was going to be like the best year. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much it. That would be wonderful, but I see this spring sort of disappearing as well, and things are moving back to summer, but people are confident about summer and fall, and I'm thrilled, and I, my phone's been ringing. Yeah, 2022, I, definitely, it's it's going to yep. be a, it's going to be a good season um, mm -hmm. of weddings, but 2021, we're still, we're still holding, you're holding on. Mm -hmm. We haven't had a ton of cancellations. But just just really hope that the next couple of months it picks up and, and everybody gets vaccinated and we're back to normal. Here, here. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much for being on this podcast. I appreciate your support always. And you're just such a terrific guy. And I love working with you and your team. And you've done a great job of training your team to take care of people the way that you take care of them. And thank I you so appreciate much. that. Thank you so much, Pat. I appreciate it. And we love working with you as well. And can't wait. Can't wait to us to just start back again and be normal. Terrific. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Elvis. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's really inspiring to listen to someone who does very well because he chooses to keep learning and hustling. It's all about the hustle. 
and Evis as the master of the hustle. I know how difficult it can be to learn the traditions so important to Jewish parties. Who are you going to ask? Your client? A local rabbi? Yeah, not likely. The main reason I created the Jewish Party Maven is to coach vendors to honor those customs. You can learn all of this stuff online. I'm not inventing anything new. Everything I teach in my courses can be found online. But how long will it really take you to do all that research? My courses and my coaching are designed to provide a shortcut to this valuable learning. We'll focus on the traditions found in the Jewish party world, primarily weddings, but also bar and bat mitzvahs. You can get more information on all of these options at thejewishpartymaven.com. This podcast is all about how we can help each other better serve our Jewish clients. Are there some specific words or customs that you don't understand in the Jewish party world? Send me an email or join the Jewish Party Maven Vendor Rockstars private Facebook group. I want to hear from you. All right, let's wrap this up. You know the drill. Remember your freebie. Download this powerful cheat sheet, 12 Jewish words the best vendors know. Just click on the link in the show notes or go to jewishpartymaven.com. If you'd like to learn more, follow me on Facebook or Insta at Jewish Party Maven. I really, truly appreciate your thoughts and your feedback about this show. I'm learning lots about how this podcasting world works. And I've told you, reviews are like gold in the party world, where they're like gold here too. So all of you rock stars, leave me a review. Go out there and remember what Eva says. You can't learn on wedding day. You don't get a do-over. Then join me next week and you'll be one word closer to booking your next Jewish party. Cha-ching! Thank you for listening. See you next week.